Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Our guest is Pat Hanrahan, President and CEO, United Way of the Plains. Welcome to Issues 2020. We, uh, oh, thank you, Steve. Glad to be here. We scheduled this interview a few weeks ago, planning to talk about your announced retirement. And we're going to cover that and more in today's program. So let's start off with, a, with the 800-pound gorilla in the room, the COVID-19 pandemic. Ever seen anything like it in your long career of public service, Pat? You know, I've gone through hurricanes. I've gone through tornadoes. Um, no, I, I, I can't think of anything that anywhere in the world that anybody's seen like this. I mean, I guess you'd have to go back to, what, maybe World War II and the Depression to come any, anywhere close and... Even that even is so different than this. Uh, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, uh, there was a certain trigger that motivated the local United Way to begin aggressive response, or did it come from the home office? How did that come about? Tell me about that. Well, you know, we're, we're doing this just, it feels in many ways like a tornado disaster where, uh, you know, our whole business, our mission is to mobilize resources to meet need. And this, the need is high right now, and that's what we're about. So um, we started, of course, with our 2-on-1 phone system, and we saw the need continuing to, continuing to rise. And we know there's a lot of needs yet to come, kind of a tsunami of of needs. Once the uh, the mandates to not turn off utilities and not evict people, when that's off, we see there's going to be a lot of needs suddenly coming up. Are your people working from home there at the United Way? Yeah, I'm so proud of this staff. Yes, we're close to the public. About half of our staff is home, uh, but we're rotating in to the building to, to man the 211 system, and they're just stepping forth, and, and they're being so good about it, uh, willingly doing it, wanting to do it, wanting to help, and I'm, I'm just really proud of them. Uh, describe the level of cooperation you're getting from the various agencies that are members of United Way, if you will. Well, I think the agencies are doing what they can do. Uh, it's it's tough for some of them because, uh, like Boys and Girls Club is closed because, obviously, if they were open, uh, that's going to violate all the social distancing rules and so forth. But but they're trying to do things they can in terms of visit with uh, kids and, and to visit with their families and so forth. Other agencies are doing the, the same thing, trying to communicate with their clients as best they can, given all the all the different problems we have in terms of staying away from each other and social distancing and and that type of thing. What are some of the services that uh, we can uh, we can access when we dial that two one one? Well, two one one is is the always the place to go if you're looking for 
any kind of information, you know, how do I get food, uh, daycare, think my child's on drugs, what do I do, uh, counseling, you know, that happens each and every day. Right now, though, uh, we're taking a lot of calls on the COVID-19. Uh, the county health department has asked us to be in partnership with them, which we were uh, very quick to do. Uh, so we're people are calling, and if they think they might have COVID-19, we're going through a series of questions with them. You know, do you have a cough? Do you have a fever? Things like that. If they match all the, the right answers on the questions, we will refer them to the county health department. And... Um, we're also working with the health department. They've got some uh, mobile screening sites, drive-through screening sites. The health department is asking that they call 211, and uh, we go through that screening process and then set them up, refer them for an appointment. So how, how many people do you have, actually have answering the phone down there, uh, Pat? I think at any one time we've got probably as, as low as five, but as many as 10 or 12. And we, we've brought in staff. They're rotating taking a day or two at a time. You know, we've got campaign workers and people out of finance and other departments, marketing, and they're all taking a turn on the phone, and, and they're doing a great job for us. So what is it, again, do you, have you counted the numbers? How many, how, what's a call volume look like over the past week and a half or two weeks? You know, over the last uh, week and a half for sure, uh, we're averaging about one call a minute. So, and that's from uh, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., which are our peak hours. Uh, about one call a minute. That's our volume is up. I think it's like ninety-three percent since March third. So they're very busy uh, taking a lot of calls. Uh, some people, like I said, want that information on COVID nineteen. Some have other kinds of information they need, and, and we're getting some calls where people just need to talk to somebody. Mm. Can you assess how well the the citizens are holding up? How we're doing and. In complying with the various suggestions and orders from government, any any input or feedback on that? Well, I think people, certainly the people calling in are are calm and reasonable. We are getting a few calls uh, that we're referring on that people are kind of, we had one the other day about a local drive-through restaurant, and they were saying that the staff inside were not social distancing, so you know, they felt the need to report that in, and our caller, our, our phone specialists uh, listened to them, talked to them, and then uh, refer them on to some other information. Mm-hmm. Well, it appears to me that the two one one hotline, which I've, I've always thought was a great innovation, it, it looks like it's coming into its own. You, this is what it was set up for. Uh, tell us a little bit about that that history, how that came about. The two one one, how that happened. You know, you were talking about my upcoming retirement, and as I look back, if you know, there's several things I guess I would look at, but. One thing I hope people will remember that's my legacy is setting up 211 uh, about 11, almost 12 years ago. And what people, a lot of people don't realize, it it is a statewide system. So uh, we're answering calls right now primarily in Sedgwick County and the metro area, but we're also taking calls uh, from, you know, as far away as Dodge City, Hayes, Topeka, all over the state. Uh, But 211 came about. it's really 47 different phone companies that we worked with and brought them together. Uh, I remember going to Topeka several times, working with the Kansas Corporation Commission to get through the, the policy regulation changes that needed to happen. So it's, it's a whole bunch of phone companies coming together with this 211 system, and it, it's worked beautifully over 11 years now, and, and now it's really showing 
the value it has in a community. So you you had a lot of meetings and a lot of red tape to cut through then to get this thing going. I didn't realize how many people and agencies you were working with there. Yeah, initially it took a lot of different things. Like I said, the Kansas Corporation Commission had to go through a lot of different regulations and then individually with each of those 47 phone companies to get them involved. I think the only place uh, we may still have a few small spots in Kansas where they don't have the the touch-tone telephone systems out in, you know, the very rural parts of Kansas, and we have to have that. If it's the old dial phones, it just doesn't work. I didn't realize there were any of those left around, but some parts of Kansas still have the the rotary dial, huh? There was a few places left, at least when we started 211. Maybe maybe now that has changed, but I think there's just a few little small places that don't have it. And... uh, 211 uh, has information. Does it have information about educational requirements for parents and students? I know that's a big deal going on right now with all the schools out. What we're asking the various agencies, like a school system, if they've got any kind of information that, that they think the public will be calling us about, we're asking them to get that information to us and to keep it updated because we want to be that focal point of communication by telephone for people as they call in. So we're putting all that into our database. We, You know, on, on an average day, we've got 3,000 different programs in our database statewide. Right now, we're getting more information in. We want to keep that updated. So uh, school officials, government officials, any nonprofit that's got information of value to the public, we ask them to, to get that into us so we can put it into the database. So I've never dialed two one one. Under what circumstances would you would I do it? What, what, where's my decision? What's my decision maker? I think anybody that's got an issue uh, that they think a nonprofit agency might help them or a government agency, uh, they should call two one one. You know, if, if you're trying to find out where the nearest dry cleaner is, that's not a call for two one one. But any kind of social service information, and you know, I'm really proud of this fact that. The county health department, as I said, has partnered with us, and I heard the 911 director the other day talking as well that we want to offload calls that might otherwise go to the health department or 911. It's important information calls, but if you clog up 911, somebody that's you know got a heart attack victim, they need to get through, and they don't don't need to have the phone lines clogged up with information calls, and that's the real value of a 211 system. So, I mean, you say your partner. I'm, I'm just curious about uh, how the service is paid for. Is it uh, all of us who are working and making donations to United Way, or that, where does the money come from? Are there other sources? The United Way board of directors from the beginning deemed this so important that we've, we've made that a, a grant or an allocation each year that we were able to do that and to provide this service because we just think that's part of our mission of, of mobilizing resources to meet need. Information is a resource, uh, and right now, more than ever, we're trying to mobilize that uh, to help the people out there that need the information to make the right decisions for their family. You're listening to Issues 2020 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Pat Hanrahan, President and CEO, United Way of the Plains. And, of course, we're talking about the pandemic and uh, the ongoing uh, challenges of the pandemic. How are you uh, helping uh, the homeless, Pat? Do you get any, any services for them? Well, a member of our staff chairs the uh, Continuum of Care, which is about 70 different agencies involved with the homeless. 
and uh, they're working through a lot of different issues with them. Uh, for example, the day center that United Methodist Open Door runs is closed because it does not conform with the social distancing uh, problems or issues. Um, the different shelters I know are working on ways that they can space people out more. So there's a lot of challenges there, but the good news is these agencies day to day, month to month, really get along well, you know, cooperate well on meeting the needs, and and they're uh, they're meeting by phone and working out a lot of the problems to to try to help those folks. And if there's one if there's one good thing about uh, the whole pandemic and what's going on is we we've, we've had some terrific weather where people could get outside and the homeless uh, people have could be able to stay outside, not go, go into a, like a freezing cold situation, something like that. Yeah, we're very fortunate that this is not January 3rd or February 3rd, that the weather is starting to break. Um, that makes it much easier for these kinds of situations. You're right. Do you know uh, how United Ways and other parts of the state or the region or the country are handling this pandemic? How are they holding up? Well, a lot of United Ways around the nation, uh, like we here, uh, have their own pandemic funds. They're raising money to help people. Many United Ways also have 211 systems. Here in Kansas, all of the United Ways are encouraging people to call 211 in their their local offices and in the various towns and communities around the state. Uh, we're feeding information out to them. They're feeding information into us from their agency base in their particular towns. So we've got great cooperation uh, uh, amongst all the United Ways in Kansas, always have, and most certainly we do right now in this crisis. You have a special United Way pa- pandemic fund. Tell, tell us uh, how to donate and how that works. Well, we do have a, the United Way pandemic fund that we're asking people to give to. Uh, that fund will be to help individuals uh, that will be in need. Um, we kind of expect a tsunami is coming. You know, right now, through the governor's proclamation and the president's, uh, utilities can't be cut off from somebody and uh, people cannot be evicted because of mortgage uh, problems and that type of thing. When those restrictions end uh, sometime and hopefully the near future, there's going to be need out there. People are going haven't had a paycheck, um, you know, like restaurant workers, and, but a lot of different industries. They're going to get unemployment insurance, but but they may need some extra help. And we're going to be there as much as we can to provide that help. And and we need funds to do that. So people can give to the United Way Pandemic Fund. They can go online at unitedwayplanes.org and look at the detail. They can do the old-fashioned way of sending us a check uh, to United Way Pandemic Fund at 245 North Water. Um, They can also text if they want to give that way. Uh, Our website will explain that, but it's easy. Uh, They can just text ICT response uh, to 41444 to donate. That's ICT response to 41444. So we have many ways they can give. They simply need to make sure to to notify us that 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 is going to the pandemic fund, either in pay to the order of pandemic fund or in the memo line on the check. So all of this information available on your web page, is that correct? Yes. They should, the easiest way is probably just go to unitedwayplanes.org, and they can look at the various ways to give. Figure out how to do it. Now, memory serves me, uh, Pat, several years ago when Wichita was having a problem with the, 
with layoffs and a, and a bad economy. You actually did something with uh, similar to this to help people who were uh, when the job situation wasn't too wasn't too good. Isn't that correct? We've uh, unfortunately had a lot of experience with this. We've had uh, I think this is uh, about the fifth time we were actually in, have been preparing a laid off worker center when we started with the whole uh, Boeing Max problem. Right. Uh, that that facility is ready to go. Uh, it's it's furnished and, and ready, but we've held off on that for obvious reasons that we can't bring people together right now uh, with the social distancing problems. But yes, going back to 1987, that was our first laid-off worker center, and we've had uh, four or five since that time, along with uh, tornado disaster problems and that type of thing. So. It's the one kind of thing I wish we didn't have a lot of experience in, but we do, and we're glad we can be there for the for the community when they need us. Of course, a lot of local business, small businesses are being really hurt by this. But other than that, those who are doing well, are, are, are local businesses stepping up to, to help you out? Well, we've just started this whole pandemic relief fund in the last week or so. We've had some calls from different corporations expressing some interest. One actually asked us to rewrite our corporate proposal and to double the proposal. So uh, we're hoping that the funds are going to be starting to come into the pipeline because we just can't do the job uh, that's going to be required of us if we don't have the funds to do it. That's a, this is a good place, I think, to talk about uh, this community. And, uh, and you've worked here for how many years have you been at, uh, here in Wichita? I've uh, been in Wichita since 1985. Okay, so you know about this community, you know how what kind of people they are. Every now and then we have the, the fundraising drive and you, you try to get people to, to uh, contribute through their payroll and, and I know that's sometimes a challenge, but overall what are, what are the people like in this community when it comes to looking out for the other person and, and doing their part to help out? We live in one of the most generous communities in the nation, if not the generous community, I'll say that. I, I talk to colleagues on the East Coast and the West Coast. I've seen graphs and charts of giving. In the Middle West, the Midwest has always been the most generous. And I, and I think uh, Wichita is probably one of the more generous communities in a very generous region of the country, the Midwest region. And you originally, where are you from originally? Uh, what? Well, I started my career in uh, Iowa City, Iowa. That, Iowa. Iowa is my home state. I was 23 years old when I started as executive director in Iowa City, and then I spent 10 years in Texas. Uh, so my whole career has been in the the Midwest part of the country. If you Texas might not consider themselves Midwest, but they're the the middle part of the country, and uh, I've seen that generosity um, in the three communities I've been in. But but. The most I've seen is in Wichita. I mean, people in Wichita just respond. We help each other. We're friendly to each other. We want to be there for each other. And I think we're going to see that this time around as well. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Pat Hanrahan. Pat Hanrahan, tell tell us about your decision to retire. How did that come about? Well, I've been thinking about it for a couple of years. You know, as I said, I came here in 1985. I was 35 years old. And uh, last November, I turned 70. So literally, I have spent half my life, 35 years, here at the uh, at the helm at United Way of the Plains. I thought, well, that's probably a good a good marker, a good place to to get off the deck and let somebody else take a shot at it. Mm-hmm. I, I must tell you, though, I fantasized for the last couple of years that once I made my announcement, 
things would start to slow down and each day would get just a little bit slower. Yeah. The exact opposite has happened. It's, it's just, you know, gone up uh, exponentially in terms of duties, but that's okay. Um, it will feel good to, to be here and to leave my career knowing that I was here when Wichita needed the United Way help the most. What, what have been one of the biggest challenges you faced over the years? This one's a big one, of course, but there's probably been several large, large challenges at the United Way for you. Well, I think, you know, the, the big layoffs, uh, 9-11 was really a tough time when here in our city we lost so many aircraft workers and our campaign went down. And it took us five years or so to re, to recover from that. And then with the Great Depression recession started in 2008. So it's been a real struggle. But 9-11 uh, was very emotional. And I remember specifically helping uh, – a young woman who's lost her husband when the first plane hit the the, the uh, trade center, and she moved back to Wichita. And it's the only time in my career she came into my office, and it, I remember a tear rolling down my cheek. And I wiped it off and I apologized to her, and she just looked at me and said, "I know." And it, it, I felt bad. Here was a woman that needed my counseling, and I was just kind of overwhelmed by what she had gone through. So. There's been times like that. There's been mostly good times in dealing with people. Um, I'll remember a lot of faces as I go along that that I helped, and I hope that they're happy out there. As now they were kids, and now they're adults, and some of the adults are now older folks, and I hope that I made some difference in their life. And you're talking about uh, the challenges and success stories. There, uh, you've had uh, quite a few success stories to tell us about, right? I think over the years, yeah, we've had, you know, we've raised a lot of money. I, I feel good, certainly about helping develop 211 here, but I also feel good that we were here, and I remember being in the meetings where we decided to fund, uh, in a venture grant, the startup of Harbor House, which is a domestic violence center, the startup of Boys and Girls Club, the startup of Cancel, the startup of Project Access. Uh, those are things that I'm going to look back on and be proud that I was a part of helping establish that in Wichita. So why did you seek a career in public service, or did it seek you, Pat? You know, in college, I always wanted to do some kind of public service. I thought about uh, a career like uh, going in, into, into city management, that kind of career. I actually worked in a radio station in college at the university, uh, well, not at the university, but in, in Iowa City. And one of my jobs was to interview every day the volunteer center. And that was run by the United Way. I got interested in the United Way, and when the executive there moved on to another another city, uh, I applied and was able to get to the job. And very fortunate, as I said, I was 23, so 47 years I've been in the United Way business, and I don't regret a year, a month, or a week of it. What uh, What are you going to be doing in retirement, Pat? Can we ask? Kind of personal, but what are you going to be doing? I haven't figured that out yet. Um, <laughs> okay. I think the first month I'm just going to do nothing. Um, we've got a little travel that we want to do. I've got a couple of nonprofit interests that I might volunteer for and some work at, at our church. If, if, they, if they'll have me, I'll be doing some volunteer work like that. All right, listen, listen, thanks so much for the over the years, all the service you've given us here and, and for putting up with me in these interview programs we've done. Pat, you've done a great job, and we appreciate the job you've done. Congratulations well, on your it's, retirement. It's been a pleasure to do all that, and Steve, I, I enjoy these interviews with you, and and uh, 
I enjoy listening to Steve and Ted every day, so you guys keep it up, and I'll still be listening. All right. Thank you, Pat. Our guest, Pat Hanrahan, President and CEO, United Way of the Plains. That's all for this edition of Issues 2020. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 